Welcome to the Breaking 50% Podcast, where we bring you a few minutes of NFL gambling news because you care about gambling, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. Trash cover of the week. Saints plus six and a half over the Falcons. Routines are great for many reasons. One of those reasons is that it allows us to preserve our decision-making capital for more important things by relegating lesser important elements of our day to an automated routine response. By not having to think about when you're going to work out, what you're going to do in that workout, what train you're going to take, where you're going to get your coffee, Your mind is not fatigued when you need to make more significant choices. The problem is that when you get so deep into a routine that it becomes automatic, it also becomes mindless and your observation skills drop. A perfect example of this arrived at the end of the Falcons-Saints game, a game that the Falcons were leading 35-13 to at half, a game that the Falcons were leading 38-13 to in the fourth quarter. But the Falcons' offense stalled, and the Saints' offense started to produce. They cut it to 38-19, to missed the two-point conversion, had another drive that ended in an interception, got another chance because of a three-and-out by the Falcons' offense that was in the weird purgatory of, we have our players on the field, but we're not really trying to score, a place that I will never understand, especially when unlikely comebacks can and will, by definition, occur some small percentage of the time, especially when these are professionals Running up the score should be something that is celebrated. But anyway, the Saints score again, miss another two-point conversion. It's 38-25, and for them to have any reasonable chance to cover, they need to recover an onside kick, and this is where mindlessness entered the equation. The Saints kicker rocketed a ball that barely got off the ground right at the feet of the front line of the Falcons' hands team. Did any of the hands team notice that a ball was coming at their feet? No. They were following a robotic response to run at the Saints players and block them to the degree that it actually hit a Falcons player in the foot and he didn't even look down. He was so busy following that routine of being engaged in a block. The Saints recovered. The Saints went on to convert two fourth downs on that drive. The Saints scored and covered by a half point. Least favorite comment of the week. They were three plays away from making the playoffs. Go into any country club in America, and I am willing to wager that if you sat in that clubhouse for more than an hour, you would hear a conversation of this variety. Oh, how'd you shoot today? Well, I shot an 85, but it really should have been a lot better. I mean, I missed three putts inside of three feet. There was this one ball that I put out of bounds that bounced off a sprinkler head. Just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I definitely should have shot an 80. Sit in that same clubhouse, and here is a conversation I would wager that you will never hear. How'd you shoot today? Well, I shot an 85 today, but it should have been a lot worse. I mean, yeah. I missed a couple of short putts. I'd like to have those back. I make those on the majority of rounds. But those misses were more than outweighed by the amount of lucky breaks that I got. One, I chipped in on number four. What, I do that one out of every 200 times? I also drilled a 50-foot putt. 
I had a couple of drives that could have easily, should have easily been in the rough, but just the way that they landed, of which I had very little to no control over, they bounced to the left instead of the right, and so I was hitting from the fairway, and my irons were great from the fairway, so... 85 was really about as well as I could have shot today. I play that round another 20 times, and I'm, I don't think that I ever shoot better than 85. It was great. This type of honest assessment of both the good and bad breaks that you sustain during competition is something you will so rarely hear from NFL fans whose teams just missed the playoffs. You'll even hear it from fans whose teams didn't miss the playoffs. Oh, we're the Chiefs. We could have been the one seed if these things happened. We're the Falcons. We should have. If, if that call didn't go against us, we would be in front of the Cowboys. It's not to say that your team or you can't sustain bad breaks. No, that will happen. It is to say that the bad breaks will almost always come with good breaks. And yes, these things might be out of balance, but it's so rarely 100% bad breaks, 0% good breaks. So when you're taking stock of what could have happened, what should have happened, please, please, please take into account the good unlikely things that happened to you just as much as you take into account the bad, unlikely things that happen to you. Reminder of the week. Value from futures bets is often elusive. Vegas is really good at making lines. Vegas is really good at making money, which means it is really hard to pick games against the spread. Another example came this year in the Breaking 50% League, where only 12 of 40 participants hit 50% or better. Only 9 of those were better than the 52.4% mark that you would need to beat to actually make money, given the VIG in Vegas. When you expand the window out to three years, of which there have been several participants who have competed for all three years, there are only two players above the 52.4% mark and only five total above 50%. As has always been the case, there is no such thing as easy money. There is no such thing as an obvious line. If you added up all the times you thought something was obvious, that you had such a good feeling about a game, you would have just as many wins as you would have losses. If this was not the case... You would have quit your job by now and moved to Vegas, but of course you haven't. This isn't to say that you shouldn't gamble. This isn't to say that you shouldn't engage in games that are negative EV. It's simply to say, stop being so vain after you win a bet. Here is a way that Vegas takes advantage of vanity. And when I say Vegas, I'm specifically talking about the online sports books that people who don't live in Nevada use to place wagers. Almost every North American sports book gives you terrible odds on future bets, specifically for teams that are not the one, two, or three favorite. And when I'm talking about futures bets, I'm talking about a bet that will come true or not at some point further out in the future. In this case, we're talking about Super Bowl bets. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? You bet money today, and then if your team wins the Super Bowl, you get paid out. And when I say one of the longer odds teams, I'm talking about a team like the Green Bay Packers, which is seeing futures odds as low as 750 at some of these sports books. Plus 750 means that if you bet $100, you would win $750. You'd walk away with $850. 
150. And you're thinking, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is really hot. Yeah, the Packers are really good. They could go on a run. Nice. I could make some good money off of this. And you might be true. Let's say you even had inside information and you knew that all the other teams are going to forfeit against them for some really weird reason. You were going to hit on that bet you still would be giving that casino an unnecessary edge by taking that futures bet in just about every situation. Instead, you should simply bet each game individually. And by that, I mean take your $100 that you want to risk, bet it on the money line. The money line is saying we don't care about the spread. We just care about this team winning, this team being the Packers in this case. So you would start the first week and you would bet on them to beat the Giants. They are favored in that game. So the money line is about minus 215, which would mean you would have to bet $215 to win 100, but we're only betting $100. So in that scenario, you would win $46. And then you would take those winnings along with your initial 100 and roll it over to the next round. This is where we have to jump into certain hypotheticals. We don't know for sure who the Packers would play, but most likely they would play on the road against the Cowboys. If they played the Falcons, they would also be an underdog. But let's go with the most likely outcome that they play the Cowboys. In that case, we can say that it'd be about plus 250 to win that game. So we take the 146, we bet it, we win 350. So now we have $496 to work with. In that NFC Championship game, if they are playing the Falcons, they would be about three-point underdogs. If they're playing someone else, it's possible that they would be favored. We'll say that they're going to be plus 150 because the most likely scenario is that they play Atlanta. In that case, if they win again, you would win $744, which now leaves you with $1,240 for the Super Bowl. If they are playing the Patriots, the most likely outcome, they would again be at about plus 150. You bet all 1240, you win 1860, which would take you to $3,100 total. So you subtract out your initial 100, that is $3,000 in winnings, which would be the equivalent of you having bet at plus 3,000 at the start of the playoffs as the futures bet, 30 to 1 as opposed to the plus 750 that an online sportsbook was offering you, 7.5 to 1. Now, things could certainly break differently for the Packers. They could play the Falcons in the second round. The Lions could make the NFC Championship game. The Houston Texans could be in the Super Bowl against them. And even in those scenarios, those crazy unlikely scenarios, you are still barely going to be better off with the futures bet. Let's say that they play the Falcons in the second round instead of the first, and they go plus 150 there. And then let's say that they're minus 200, they're favored in the NFC Championship game, and they're favored minus 200 in the Super Bowl. In that case, your bet would have been plus 720, the equivalent of plus 720 if you bet each individual thing. So given that your downside is so, so very small, and the upside is so much larger. Oh, and there's the fact that you could cash out before they even win the Super Bowl and still make more than 7.5 to 1 on your money. Bet the games individually. And then you have a right to be a little vain of your abilities compared to all the other gamblers out there, even if it's still a negative EV bet. This concludes another season of Breaking 50%. Thank you so much to the small, loyal group of listeners who have been there to motivate me. I have found more than ever that a great way to get better at things is to give yourself an audience. Even if it's just an audience of one, even if you aren't competitive, 
I'm pretty confident that you will be compelled to produce better work than you would if you were in isolation.